I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview uh, coming to you live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in SC7 as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's massive, massive six-pointer with Middlesbrough. Over on my right-hand side, uh, looking resplendent in your blue polo neck jumper is Mr. Lewis Cat. Hey, Dino. Yeah, good, mate. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Have you had a good week? Yeah, not too bad. Thank we, uh, you. recovered too bad. from the 4-0 defeat? Personally, I don't think I'll ever recover, but yeah. <laughs> got to start looking forward at some yeah. point. Well, so. Excellent. Well, good to see you. And also joining me on my left-hand side is Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Living the dream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a random, a random guitar in the studio when we got here. And now Nathan's just going to... Turn into Joel Santana, mate. Yeah, he's decided he's going to play it at random <laughs> random stages throughout the show. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's what Nathan enjoys. Um, yeah. No no Tom this week. Cause oh, he's where at, is he? He's at a James Arthur concert. <laughs> a James Arthur uh, concert at the O2. So, I mean, he's literally missing the show to go for a J Arthur. So it was J Arthur. Yeah. Last week, Lighthouse Family. Yeah. Stern words, yeah. mate. Jay Arthur. I hope yep. he washes his hands after because of the whole coronavirus. But there you go. Right. Um, so on tonight's show, uh, we'll be uh, looking ahead to Saturday's game with Middlesbrough. It is a big, big game here uh, at the Valley. Very much a relegation six-point. And Charlton sitting just one point above the relegation zone after Borough's draw uh, with Nottingham Forest on uh, Monday night. So we're going to hear from Lee Bayer as he looks ahead to uh, that game. We'll hear the Addicts boss talk about the relegation battle as a whole uh, as well. Of course, there's been uh, Charlton have been in the news very much this week after the Leeds goalkeeper Kiko Casilla uh, was uh, found uh, guilty of the FA's charge uh, for racially abusing Jonathan Lecco. So we'll discuss the the fallout from that here a, a little bit more from uh, Bayer. And then, of course, like we'll, we'll focus mainly, though, uh, on Saturday. Today's game, a big, big uh, match looking ahead, uh, the, the the game with Middlesbrough here at the Valley. So let's dive straight into that, shall we? Let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say during his press day uh, today. Obviously, it was a big defeat last week uh, up at Huddersfield. He needs a reaction from his side. Uh, the Addicts boss was asked during press day today uh, what he said uh, to his side. What was his message to his team ahead of Saturday's massive game? message is, is, is the same as it always is. You know, is we have we have a difficult game coming up. Uh, against a good Middlesbrough side um, and, and we have to stick together as a football club and, and get as many points as we can to keep us in this division nothing's changed from day one till now so we're a good side especially at home and um, we've got good fans that, that, that get behind the, the, the side and um, I'm looking forward to getting back to the back The fact that it is home advantage and we know sort of the noise levels and everything that comes with Playing a game like this at the Valley, do you expect sort of everyone to be up for it? Is that going to put almost a bit more pressure on on Middlesbrough? Do you think? Uh, there's pressure on, on on every team up and down the country, isn't there? For one reason or another. So it, yes, it's a big game, and, and we're in the running now. We're in last ten games, and, and like I said, both teams will go out there and try and win. I have no doubt. Jonathan will get his side ready, 
they had a good result against uh, Forest in the week. So yeah, I have no doubt it's going to be a tough game, but I trust my players and and I know that they they go out there and, and, and fight for every ball. How do you assess the situation down there at the moment? Because it feels like every team is just picking up points. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I think it's it's going to go to the wire. Uh, it's going to go to the wire, and, and there's more teams involved than, than people realise. I think. Um, most important thing is that we concentrate on our job and, and, and do what we're we're asked to do. And if we do that, then then I think we'll be okay. What concerns you most against Huddersfield, and, and what have you sort of said to them with that in mind? Huddersfield, it was disappointing. The, the scoreline wasn't what the game was. If if he was at the game, then it was one nil up. We should have scored two or three in that time good chances and the game's different we didn't they scored from another mistake the first two goals were mistakes and then they scored from another mistake and then we was pushing to try and get back into the game they scored two in injury time it looks it looks a lot worse than what it was um, my disappointment from that game was at a work rate which isn't us um, but I know that will change. It, whenever we've had a disappointing result, the way we've played the next game is has been exceptional. The way we've we've come back out and, and fought, and, and I know that's going to happen Saturday. Um, the players, it will be completely different. We'll, the atmosphere will be bouncing. My players will be there fighting for every ball, and. When we get chances, I believe we'll take them. And what have you made of, of Middlesbrough of late? Good, I think. But this league is like you can do not a lot wrong. And I watched Monday's game, and uh, they was unlucky not to win the game. For me, they was the better side for seventy-five percent of that game. But again, it's one of them. It, it, you have quality in this division and, and they can hurt you from nothing. That finish from Gammon was an outstanding finish. It, it was brilliant. To, to put the spin on the ball, to just spin it back into the goal, it's, that, that's something special. So, again, people were questioning was it a foul on the goal? I don't believe it was. I thought it was just a bit of brilliant and, and, and clever thinking from the striker. But Jonathan would have been disappointed because they they dominated the game for large periods and and should have put it to bed really. Uh, and what about Jonathan Woodgate himself? Um, what, what would you say and sum up the, the job he's done? It's a tough job because um, last season obviously they had Tony Pulis in, in charge. The budget was a lot higher, and. Uh, they was pushing for the Premiership and they just missed out on the playoffs. So they have a good squad of players. But then Jonathan's budget got cut in, in the summer. Um, and, and he's had to bring a couple of the younger lads through who have been exceptional for him. And um, it, it's, it, it's tough, you know, especially your first job, the expectation there at Middlesbrough is to, to try and get, get back into the Premiership. So. Um, but Jonathan is a winner and he will keep pushing his players. I know him as a person and um, I have no doubt that he'll turn things around.
they had, they was in a different period before, and he turned it around, and, and I think he'll do the same again. He has a good squad of players, and, 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 and he's a good man, and he knows the game, and he's got Robbie Keane beside him also. So, yeah, I think they'll be, they'll be fine. Mm, so. Lebo, uh, uh, not going to understate the importance of, of Saturday's game or how difficult it's going to be for us. Obviously, a, against a manager he knows well, uh, a manager who beat us back in December in uh, one of our poorest performances of the season up at the Riverside, Lewis. You had the pleasure of, uh, of being there. Um, now, I mean, yeah, we're going into a Middlesbrough team uh, that haven't won uh, since uh, New Year's Day uh, on the road uh, at Preston. They won 2-0. Um, they, they've obviously been on a poor run of form as Bo said they're unlucky not to win on, on Monday perhaps against a, a, a Forest side who didn't look themselves to me um, but I mean th- th- this this is a big one This I'm not going to say quite season defining because there's still 10 games left to go so we lose Saturday I don't mean we're down we win Saturday I don't mean we're up but it's certainly a big one psychologically going into those remaining 10 games if we get beat by a side below us and you know, there's every chance we'd find ourselves within the relegation zone. Um, you know, if, if Stoke are playing Hull at home, so they could easily get get points there. We could very easily find ourselves in the relegation zone at five o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, and in terms of mentality, you you kind of don't want that to to be the case because we've had a bit of a sort of confidence battering result last weekend up at Huddersfield with a team that were below us at the time. Um, it's going to be sort of the key time to turn it around you know back on home soil against a side with with that are in a terrible run of form um some disappointing results against Luton and Barnsley in recent weeks as well as has really sort of closed that gap now so it's going to be a really tough game we we're going to have you know we're going to be hyped up for it I imagine because to turn around the the performance that we had on uh on Saturday the result that we had on Saturday should I say um is going to be a big task but I think I think back on home soil that that sort of puts it in our favour a lot more because you're going to have the Valley crowd behind them um, and trying to push it over the line. It's going to be, I imagine, it's going to be a really scrappy game. You've got two teams that are both fighting for their lives down there. Um, but I'd, I'd sort of fancy us to bounce back. I, I mean, I've, I've seen Middlesbrough a couple of times. You know, when I went up to to our game even in December when we when we performed really badly, I didn't really think Middlesbrough were that great. I think we made them look better than they actually are because we were so poor. So. Back on home soil, I'd like to think that we've we've got enough to to get the points, and hopefully that will do us some good, not just in terms of the of the league table and the standings, but also in in confidence and trying to string a bit of a run together mm. uh, to push ourselves even further away from yeah. the bottom. Three. Of course, we need to react, don't we, to to Saturday's game at Huddersfield, Nathan? It was you know, a, a four goal defeat. Boya said, and I, I agree to an extent that it wasn't really a four 0 game in terms of you know we had we had opportunities, we had chances, but the fact it therefore went on to end four 0 was the thing that was really rang alarm bells for me because you go on, you know we collapsed in that last fifteen minutes, and and that that always to me feels like a bad sign. So that the, those players and that manager are going to want to go and put down a marker now to show that they've recovered from that and to show that that's not what they're about. That that last Saturday make it a blip and not the way we're going to be playing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, it probably wasn't a 4-0 game, but I mean, as a player, when you look back at it, it's still, even though you might not think you deserve to lose 4-0, it still says 4-0 on the paper. So, and that, you know, it's I think that's the first time we've been trounced a little bit, really, apart from maybe Stoke. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, we said it on last Thursday show about the Huddersfield game, is, is we need to tr- start with a bit more confidence, a bit more purpose, a bit more enthusiasm. 
Um, like you know, the like we started to you know I know we've got you've got some players around here now with Leco and Gallagher etc. But we really need to try and start on the front foot. I mean, we got like you say they've not won Borough ain't won since New Year's Day, which they went on what they won three or four on a bounce around Christmas, didn't they? And since then they've drawn five, lost five, and they've only lost by the odd goal. So it's going to be a close game, and like Lou said, it's going to be a scrappy game. Um, but again, like most games, um, six points down the bottom is who scores first because. I mean, apart from obviously Borough sort of went um, went one nil down, didn't they, and then come back. Um, but it's going to be so key to get that first goal. So for me, it's the start, start fast. Uh, and there's been a couple of home games this year where we started fast and teams ain't been able to cope with us. But for me, um, we need to try and play our football a bit more. The last few times I've seen us, we've gone a bit, bit longer, a bit more direct, um, and teams have sussed us out. And we might need to change it up a bit. But um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky. But you know, I said on the show the other week. I think if we come out of Saturday's game coming up with only one point, I'd start worrying, um, and I still stick by that. But I'm not saying we're going to be relegated because there's still plenty of games to to go. But it's a big game we we mm. should be winning. I mean, Nathan talks about the importance of the first goal. I mean, considering the the soft underbelly we've shown perhaps when conceding goals recently. Uh, obviously last week as well going on to, to concede a few more but have, having poor spells even when we've been leading and letting in a goal for example against Barnsley or against Luton um, do, do you think that that is vital to make sure that we don't we, we don't fall behind because our confidence just seems to be a little bit fragile at the moment yeah definitely and you know two perfect examples are last weekend and and home a couple of weeks ago against Blackburn it seems like when we do concede especially early we we sort of resort to pumping the ball long and, and not playing to our strengths and then we find ourselves sort of desperately trying to hold possession in the final third but always losing those battles in in the air and, and in midfield um that's something we've you know we've got to work on because you look back to the start of the season and as Nave says we are a couple of players down from from at the start when we were playing this you know exciting attractive on the floor football with the likes of Gallagher and Leco that were always looking to drive the ball forward um, but we've still got players in there that are capable of doing that. It just seems like the confidence is a little bit shot to pieces and whenever they try and string something together, it either kind of falls apart at the last pass and, and we can see possession or we can't quite get it out of our feet. You know, you look at last weekend, for example, some of the passing at, at Huddersfield was was pretty poor and, and Sheffield Wednesday was, was even worse. So it, there's something that's just not ticking at the moment in that midfield. I th- the loss of... of Prattley to injury has been huge for us. I think we've—I I don't think anyone's underestimated how important he's been for us this season. But I think it's just magnified how much we rely on him, mm. um, just to bring a bit of assurance and, and a bit of leadership to that to that team. Because at the moment, there doesn't seem to be anybody in that side that's sort of putting their arm around everybody and, and telling them that they're good enough to get out of this fight. It just seems like everyone's a little bit depleted, deflated, and and sort of lacklustre. So it, I think the sooner we can get you know Darren Prattley back in the side, I think that'll be a big boost. But also just trying to string a couple of wins together at home. You know, mm. We've got quite a lot of important home games left to go yeah. against some sides that are down there with us. And um, we've we've got to take advantage of that. Yeah, And then when there is something to build on at home. Our home form isn't awful in terms of defeats. I think only one defeat in the last seven in the championship uh, at the Valley was a couple of games ago against Blackburn. Obviously won two of our last three uh, at the Valley again, both against teams that are down there, Barnsley and Luton. So, I mean, we have got something to build upon at home. You know, clearly our away form is is all over the place at the moment, other than that that remarkable win at Forest a few weeks ago. So do, do you think that's that, that's a base to build upon? You have to get your results at home if we're going to stay in this division? Yeah, of course. I think you look at the remaining home games, and I know Wigan's later on the season, but I think we've got QPR coming up. We've got Borough. Um, 
can't remember who else we've got in between. But yeah, I mean, in theory, um, I know got, 40... Uh, Millwall. Uh, <laughs> so Millwall. that's a write-off. Right, we've got okay. Reading as well at home. So again, on again, so they're getting dragged into it. You know, if you win three of them, three of them home games, obviously depending on results, I still think 47, you'll need more now. Yeah, we're looking at it now. Yeah, we're There's going to no talk about that in a minute. Game. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, we've we've got a good chance, and I think if you, I was looking at their side against um, against Forest, you you got Johnny Alson who started as a central midfielder playing right back. You've got Ryan Shotton who's a centre half now who started his career at right back. So they swipped. So I think they're there to be get at, got at, and I think if you've got Lyle and Maka or Andre Green, and you can stretch them, I think we. I'm confident on Saturday, but I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be a resounding victory. I hope it is. But um, like I said earlier, it's, if we play our game, I know they've got Gisted up front, who's going to be a bit of a unit. Um, but I think if we play our game, we really can. But like, yeah, we need to rely on our, win our own games and then you try and nick Sank on Nick Sank away from home. Because you're not going to go away and play teams off the park. You know, that's what we've got to try and understand. We're not Man City. We're not... We're not People ain't going to sit back, sit behind the ball when old Cholton come to town, are they? So <laughs> we've got to be realistic and, yeah, like you say, focus on those home games. Yeah, so, I mean, is that the, the style of play is going to be important then for us then, Lewis? And obviously we know with, with certain players out, it's, it's going to be touch and go um, for, for Prattley by the sounds of it. We'll hear a bit more from, from Boyer about that later on. I think it's going to be too soon for Naby. So likelihood is, and with Lockyer suspended, we will be playing the four at the back and it will be a centre-half pairing of Jason Pearce and Deji Oshelaja again. Um, obviously we've conceded four goals last Saturday with that centre-half pair and I'm not going to say it was both their faults because there was plenty of players involved in some mistakes there but I mean there, there, there'll be a certain style of play that we saw at Huddersfield playing out from the back perhaps overplaying I know you need to keep possession in order to, to not tire yourselves out in the championship otherwise you're chasing the whole game but I mean, we, we, we saw a, f- a few instances of overplaying on, on, on Saturday, which cost us a goal. Um, do you think that might change the way that Bowyer approaches this one in terms of what we do with the ball when we're in possession of it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's tough with, with the players available to sort of try and try and sort of work out how they're going to line up. We obviously um, used the diamond up at Huddersfield. Bowyer come out, said he, he picked the players he thought that it would work for. It, it didn't quite work out up there. Whether he, he sticks with the diamond and changes the personnel within that formation, I don't know. Or whether he'll go to try and try and get five at the back, but it's then who you put in with with Deji and Piercy. Unless you drop Davis a bit deeper as a defensive mid, but you sort of lacking options there. Really, um, I think with the personnel we've got, we'll probably have to stick with the diamond and have and have Cullen at the at the base, sort of anchoring. But we've got to try and work something because. It's the ball retention is something we're really struggling with at the moment, and and as I say, when we have got the possession, we string sort of three or four passes together, and then and then start getting wasteful. And, and it was proved last weekend, you know, overplaying and and gifting Huddersfield that first goal, which then led to our soft underbelly, if you like, being exposed again, and and all of a sudden, you know, the side you know capitulates, and and we find ourselves at the end of a four nil thrashing. So it's something that they I imagine they're going to have worked on this week tirelessly to try and sort of get to the root of the problem because I feel like it's something that's becoming a bit of a common theme especially in possession at the moment so mm. um we just got to yeah, try and iron out those those silly errors because and you can't afford to give those chances away in this division how, how do you think Borough will feel then coming into this though on on the back of a a 10 game winless run in the, in the championship you know there there are teams below well not even below us now who've jumped above us having put together good runs the likes of uh, of Wigan um you know the 
they they know they're right in the thick of this relegation battle. They will take some heart from the performance, I think, against Forest on on Monday. I don't know if you got a chance to to see any of it, but they they played well in that game. Um, how do you think they'll approach this? Do you think they'll they'll be happy with a point considering there's still ten games left to go? Um, possibly, possibly. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not seeing their remaining fixtures, but um, you'd imagine they'd take a point. But if they've got a, a harder running, then they probably want all three. But they can come into it in, like you say, I did watch most of the game and they did play fairly well, to be honest. Um, and listen, anyone can beat anyone. Do you know? It's like we've seen it all throughout the year of, you know, we beat Leeds at home and we were in our sort of, in our... Um, bit of form back then but anyone could beat anyone you get like I said get the first goal anything can happen and they've got to come here it's not like, like I said you know we're not top of the league 50 points clear we're there to be beat as well and we're down there for thanks a reason thanks for pointing that out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we are you know we're, we're there to be beat as well and I think they can and if I think if they start fast well like we want to um, and if they make the game nervy they can make it bitty they make it make it scrappy um, it'll be interesting but yeah it'll be interesting how we line up um, I think we should go for free, four three three. Because I think the problem with us is that with Cullen has to start at the base, right? They has to, you, and then you've got to play either side in that narrower position. You have got Lapo, okay, and then who else are you gonna put there? Can't really put Davis there because he's deep ball winner. He's not a box to box player. So who else are you gonna put in there? Smith, Morgan. You can't really do it. So I'd go Lapo, Cullen, and Davis. Davis sit a little bit there. Live, give Josh a bit of freedom, and then put. Johnny and Andre Green either side of Lyle. That's the only way I can see it. Because I think you play that diamond. I just think he tried Aussie in there. He's, Aussie was getting dragged out of the hardest field. I was hearing, listen to it on tell, and it wasn't, he looked a bit lost in that middle. We've, he just That's not his natural position. He's the floater. But it's interesting how you think. I can't see mm. him go out back five. I can only see a 4 3 3, honestly. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss the uh, the tactics uh, of the game a bit later on as well during the show. But let's have a listen to Lee You're talking about the relegation battle as a whole then. So, We've been talking about point targets throughout the season. My point target at 45 looks ridiculous now. <laughs> the one I was talking about a few weeks ago, considering uh, where where the table lies now, we're, we're, we're on, what, 39 points? So the, the, the team, Middlesbrough, are 22nd. They're on 38. Are they only going to get seven more points this season out of 10 games? You'd have to say it's unlikely they'll, they'll get that few. So 45 points is going to be too low now, you have to imagine. Uh, 47 points was one that Lee Bayard talked about a few weeks ago. Well, he's possibly going to have to change uh, his uh, points target as well. In fact, he was asked about that during press day today. And he admits that sometimes you make a target and then because of the quality or the standard of the league down the bottom of that table, sometimes it has to change. You can try and set yourself a target, but that can change. Like at the start of the season, you'd have looked at last season's what it would have took to stay up and it would have been 40 points. 40 points with a decent goal uh, goals per game record then 40 points would have been enough last season and we're on 39 with, with 10 to go so uh, but I, I understand teams have done well this year um, the teams down near the bottom they've, they've picked up invaluable points so then it pushes that mark a little bit higher and a little bit higher and we have to keep moving with that we, we all know we all know the rules, we all know what happens in the game. So most important thing is that we, we stay above there and, and keep trying to put as many points on, on the board as we can from, from there to the end. And That's never changed for me. That's never changed. I, I never thought it was going to be easy. Um, but yeah, we, we, we know what, what, what the job in hand is. As you said at the beginning of the season, the survival was always the, the target. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, Barnsley, ourselves, Luton were probably the favourites uh, yeah. at the start of the season. Are you surprised that the likes of uh, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Wigan, Hull, Huddersfield are all down there as well? Um, I'm not really surprised because their this league is is so tight. Like if you look at the the time when when we had all them injuries and we were still managing when we did lose we, we only lost by one goal like and, and we had oh, well so many people at it but we were still in every game so there, there's not much in this league at all and you can go on runs where you, the odd result don't go your way and the ball don't drop for you and the decision goes against you and that there's so many things to the game that happens in split second moments and and sometimes you're on the right end of it and sometimes you're on the wrong and, and if you go through a, a stage of missing chances or making mistakes defensively you know it, it, you could go from losing two, three, eight, ten like on the spin and, or without getting a win um, and, and a lot of teams have experienced that this year look at Sheffield Wednesday Sheffield Wednesday like talking about a properly established championship side and they've been on a bad run before Middlesbrough now they're on it we've been on it like there's a lot of stoke like there's a lot a lot of teams with good experienced players championship players that, that have found it tough and that's why they say this is probably the hardest league in, in, in the country and given that list of the teams, is it too simplistic to say because three of those teams are going to face Borough, Wigan, Hull? Uh, is it too simplistic to say that those three are probably the most crucial of the, of the running? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, again, like anything's possible, isn't it? Who would have said that we'd have gone to Forest and, uh, and won that? Who would have said we'd have beat Leeds? Who would have said we'd have beat Brentford? Like, who would have said that? No one would have given us a chance. But we did. And uh, I believe every game that we go into, we can win because we have players that can that can make that happen. Um, but we have to be at it. The, the one thing that I will stress on is that if we ain't at it, as in the whole team, if two or three are off it, then you get found out. And we definitely get found out when, when that happens. And um, that's what happened on Saturday. And then we changed things around and then we came back into the game. So, uh, I've, I've spoken to the players this week and, 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 and showed them this is why it was like that this is why then when you win games this is what we're doing you can physically see the difference and um, they're aware they know they know what's at stake they know what they've got to do they've been excellent in training all week there we go well that's positive that they've had a, a good week in training at least so I mean Bo you're talking about that that points target that we've discussed on on the show over the course of the the last couple of months, Lewis. Obviously, I mean, it must it must have changed now. I think forty seven, even that would be a bit a bit low. I think I think it's it look it looks like it's sort of creeping upwards, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, you look at who's on forty seven at the moment. You sort of, as high as fourteenth place. Could they still be dragged into it? I don't, I don't know. Really, now it's it's quite a big jump from Wigan up to there. But I I do think from sort of Reading downwards, and Reading are only on forty five. So realistically, forty seven, you probably could still be just about in the relegation scrap. I mean, that's crazy. We think ten teams that could all 
that could all go. It's 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 nuts. But we we've got to we've got to start picking up some points and and trying to climb up there because it's getting tight, isn't it? And especially in, in this run we're on now, where we've got the teams in and around us, the gaps close very quickly, and, and we've seen some pretty odd results recently when when we've maybe wanted things to go our way. And you've seen like the likes of Barnsley getting results at West Brom and, and silly things like that, and you think, well. Oh, no, Wigan, sorry, at West Brom, and you and you think that it's it's you kind of rely you can't really rely on anybody to you, you can't rely on the favourites to beat the underdogs because as Nave says, anyone in this league can beat anybody, and we all we can really control is our is our own job. Mm. So I think I think you're right. I think I think it's probably creeping up from forty seven. I think I think it's going to be it could potentially be as high as fifty points. I think to get you safe this time around. Yeah, which is what they they used to always say: fifty points are very rare over the course of. The last 10 years that 50 points has been needed but there has been one or two occasions I think um do, do you think this the added pressure could could be getting to the players I mean do you think that could be the cause of some of the mistakes we've seen recently I mean the goal we conceded at, at Sheffield Wednesday was was a bit error strewn really although obviously ne- ne- never a free kick in the first place as, as Lee Bayer reminded us at full time I mean we gifted Huddersfield the opening goal I mean do you think at the back of their, at the players mind they're thinking oh, I must have make a mistake and they're over-egging it, trying too hard or trying to play safe, which is probably what we saw on Saturday. You know, Lapsley had possession, didn't know what to do with it, tried to play safe by just giving it to the nearest person to him who was under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, when I think pressure gets banded a lot around about football. And for me, I, you know, I just don't think football is pressure. I think you're in the wrong sort of industry if you can't really act it. I mean, pressure is like a, I don't know, surgeon working on someone's heart or something. Do you know what I mean for me? But... I think apprehensive, and yeah, they probably are wary they're making mistakes. Um, but that's the nature of the game, and I think it shows. I mean, and I think Bo's touched on it in his press. I don't know if it's today or Saturday. He, need, he needs men now, and it's it's the battle of who can handle it the best. Um, I think he said that, or something along those lines, anyway. And um, I think that's true because if you don't handle the situation well, you're gonna you sink or swim. Basically, who's got the biggest set of cojones? Nicely done. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. And that's what I think it's going to come down to. But, um, yeah, I think the... I mean, looking at... Um, I was looking at Borough after us. I think they've got Stoke and Hull. Hull have got everyone around us. Mm. So, even though that the pri- po- you know the points are going up, a lot of the teams are playing each other. So, you m- it might actually be still 47 because yeah. not both teams can win. But, like, you know, we've all said just focus on ourselves, win our games. Um and then, yeah, see where it takes us. But yeah, we just need men to stand up now. Yeah, some interesting games coming up this weekend then. Uh, so QPR, if you're still thinking they're involved, they're away at Preston. Uh, Birmingham v Reading. Um, Stoke versus Hull. Barnsley versus Cardiff. Um, Wigan versus Luton. So teams in and around us with with difficult games, some of them facing each other. I mean, that that, that will be the case for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, I am I am one who's dreadful for watching the other teams and seeing what they're doing. I love I I, I just pray for them to slip up. Whenever I put a tweet out about another team slipping up or doing well, someone always replies to me. You can only concentrate on, on your own side. I guess that is the case, and that's what Bayer has to drum into his team when when we're playing on Saturday. The boys can't be thinking at the back of their mind. Or I wonder how Luton are getting on at Wigan because they can't affect that. Exactly, we can only control what happens uh, in in our game, and we've got. A, a huge game against the side that are in and around us on uh, on Saturday so we win that then we pull that a little bit further away from them and it drops them a little bit closer to you know Luton and Barnsley down there uh, on 34 so there's a bit of a gap so it pushes them a bit closer to the trap door we edge away from it then you're looking at 
the other games in and around it. Huddersfield have got Leeds. Leeds are on good form if they beat Huddersfield. Huddersfield can be back in the in the sort of the lower echelons of this mini relegation league. And Luton Wigan's a huge game, isn't it? Really, because I think if if Luton don't don't get anything out of that, then they're probably looking pretty sorry. And Barnsley, Cardiff, they're they're all you can't really call any of them, can you? It's 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 crazy, but it's what makes it such an exciting and competitive division because anybody can beat anybody, but we can only control what we do. We've got to go out there and perform better than we have done of late because what we're doing at the moment isn't getting us results. So mm. we we know that we've got to go out there and put that that extra you know extra sort of ten twenty percent in because at the moment we're falling short. The the Wednesday result was unfortunate um, with the decision, but you can't dwell on that because you've got to defend until the final whistle. And we didn't, and then last weekend you want to forget that as quick as possible because we've been there before where we've we've come off the back of a heavy defeat and we've gone and played somebody um, the following week and been heavily defeated again, albeit it was away from home twice. We've had us and it was Huddersfield last time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was Huddersfield and Hull. Um, so hopefully now off the back of that, we've had a, a solid week's training. Back at the, you know, back at home where we know that our form is much better than our away form, um, so it gives us that little bit more of a chance maybe to get back on track and with that carry a bit of positivity into some important games coming up against the likes of Hull uh, next weekend. Right, right. Uh, Doogie's uh, sent a message in. A massive couple of games coming up. Fantastic uh, to have the calming influence of Prattley available again. With Johnny Williams back also, I'm quietly confident of getting the result needed. Sadly, no Nabby, who is the only centre-back with good passing ability. Every time against Huddersfield, when we were trying to play out from the back, uh, it felt so uh, uh, nervous. Uh, Hopefully, uh, get it upfield and play uh, from there this weekend. Bayer is still the man. Let's get behind the boys and all pull together. Coming Euros. That's from Doogie. Cheers, Doogie. And uh, Will Bolland says that uh, this needs repeating again uh, on Charlton Live. I wish the CFC fans would calm down. Cast your minds back to this time last year. The same fans were saying that we wouldn't get into the playoffs, let alone win them. What happened? We finished third and we won the bloody playoffs. There's a long way to go yet. Right, we're going to have a break uh, very shortly, but just uh, away from the football slightly, but obviously involving everyone really, of course, uh, in the news. Uh, you can't have uh, missed it. Unfortunately, the uh, the issue with the coronavirus that's been going around, uh, we've all been sort of changing our lifestyle, lifestyles a little bit here and there, making sure you're washing your hands uh, a bit more like uh, Tom Arthur is Jay Arthur this evening. Um, so uh, just make sure you listen back to the start of the pod, by the way, in case you wonder why I said that, in case you missed that earlier. I wasn't talking <laughs> about that. He's gone to see James Arthur. Um, so, but Lee Bowyer was asked about uh, what's been done uh, differently uh, down the uh, training ground because of the, uh, the club advice. This is what Bowyer had to say. Yeah, just just the, the gel on the hands, and you can tell them not to shake hands, but they will. It's just a respect thing. They've done it from day one, and then they forget. You can tell them, but they forget. So uh, yeah, no, it's um, we ain't, we ain't gone that far yet. But obviously, we're taking the, the the recommended stuff from washing your hands and stuff like that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! Yes! Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Cullen have scored. With seconds remaining, we've done it all. Get in! Come on! What a time Let's to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Uh, so welcome back. This is Charlton Live. It's the big match preview uh, coming to you live from the Valley on your Thursday evening or via the podcast, of course. Afterwards, uh, looking ahead to the massive game with Middlesbrough, we've already heard from Lee Bowyer on a number of subjects ahead of that game. But away from Saturday's game, now cast your minds back, of course, to uh, uh, the game where we beat Leeds early on in the season. Um, it, it, the news sort of broke a few days after um, that there was an allegation that had gone in from Jonathan Lecco uh, regarding the Leeds United goalkeeper Kiko Casilla, uh, accused of uh, racially abusing the former Charlton Loney. Now, that um, went through a, an extensive or a long, uh, if that's a phrase you want to use, uh, FA process uh, before going um, to a sort of, well, I don't know if you call it a trial as such, but they, they, they went through and, and, and did uh, their own sort of inquiries uh, into it. And uh, finally, now last week, the Leeds goalkeeper uh, has been found guilty uh, of the charge of racially abusing the uh, the, the Charlton Athletic former forward, uh, Jonathan Lecco, banned for eight matches, uh, given a £60,000 uh, fine as well. Um, so that all came out. And then on Monday or Tuesday this week, the FA actually published uh, the full details into their findings and it made for some pretty stark reading, uh, particularly for those out there who I think had caught up been caught up in a bit of a false narrative that's been going around on uh, on Twitter, based in almost nothing, and it just shows how how fake news can spread on on social media and stuff. Where people were suggesting that the Leeds keeper had said one thing, and then enough people said it over and over again that they thought that must have been what happened to the extent that they started accusing uh, the Charlton player of of lying, uh, sending them abuse on Twitter, uh, without knowing the full facts. Now it just goes to show that you really shouldn't believe everything you read on the internet. And you really should wait for um, these things to be investigated properly. Now, it has been uh, investigated properly. Um, Jonathan Lecco made a statement uh, on the West Bromwich Albion website, of course, because he's gone back to his parent club after suffering that injury now. Um, but Lee Bayer was asked about the fallout from that incident as well during his press day. Uh, asked how the situation has been uh, for the, the club themselves and for a manager himself, uh, obviously having to deal with and having to support a player uh, for a really horrendous situation like the one that Jonathan Lecker had been through uh, over the course of the last few months um, obviously it's been difficult uh, but the most important thing now is that there's it, it's been dealt with and we can all move on um, in an ideal world for us and I guess Leeds would say the same 
should have dealt, been dealt with quicker. I don't think it's been fair on, on both clubs and all players involved for it to go on as long as what it did, um, especially for, for Jonathan and, and, and for Maka. That seems to be the key for him as well. I think it was 22 weeks in total, so you just you feel that's too long? Yeah, it's too long, yeah. 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 To have something like that holding over you is, is difficult. And um, for, for a young player as well, I think he, 19, 20, um, it's, it's not a nice thing to, to have to carry. And, and I have to say, us as a football club have, have been there supporting him from, from day one. Um, and we don't agree with racism, we don't want it in football. This club does a lot of work around the community with all different aspects and uh, but we, we know that we've, we've done the right thing by Jonathan and, and we've supported him throughout the whole process. I think he called it a, a stressful experience um, yeah. obviously he's been injured and has gone back to West Brom but can you give us examples of, of how it impacted on, on maybe the club and the player uh, the fact that it did take so long? Well I, I can only tell you what, what it's done to, to the player like it's you can see he wasn't himself because he's a, he's a bubbly lad, he's a young lad, a very confident lad and um, he was a bit quiet for a while after but then us as a group we got him through that and, and, and then he started to become himself again so and then obviously with his injury and then he went back so he, he's not been around for a while but while he was here we, we Everybody was there to support him. What have you said to him this week? I know he's not at the club, but have you spoken to him this week? What have you said to him? Yeah, as soon as the, the verdicts came out, I rang him uh, just to make sure if he's okay. Now that it's over, he just said, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad it's over now and can move on. And then we started to talk about his injury and, and how that's going. So, most important thing now that it's, it's, it's dealt with and uh, everybody can move on and especially Jonathan. I think he said he would, he would question whether he would go through that again, given his experience of the whole thing. What's your message to players who maybe suffer something similar? There's a protocol in place, isn't there? And, and, and everybody's told to report it, which is the right thing to do. But then there has to be support and, and, and actions taken. And, and that's not just this situation, moving forward. The one thing I think everybody can, can take from it and learn from it is it gets dealt with quickly. Uh, I think that's the, the, the main thing for me. Um, and I know I get that there is a process that has to be taken, but if that can get done better and, and quicker, then I think it's better for all parties that are, that are involved. There we go then, Lee Bayer talking about a situation uh, that none of us would, would like to have to encounter in football, but one that obviously uh, did happen here uh, back at the Valley, uh, back when we beat Leeds 1-0 earlier on in the season back in September. Um, obviously it's taken it's taken a very long time uh, to, to get to this, this stage, Nathan. Um, I'm guessing if you're if you're Jonathan Lecker, and that's where our sympathies lie in, in the first place because he was the player who, who suffered the abuse, and then there's Macaulay Bond who also heard uh, the the words that the goalkeeper was alleged to have said, uh, and was found guilty of saying by by the independent panel uh, that the FA used. Um, 
he's he's had to go through this as well and uh, endured the abuse uh, on social media as well. I mean, it's, it's a horrible situation for those players to be in. Um, it, it's taken a long time for it to come out the other side. I mean, you can see how thorough the investigation was. So in a way, you can understand, I guess... It'd be ideal if it could have been done a bit quicker, I mean, because that, that that goalkeeper's been playing all this time. Well, exactly, and I think you know, first and foremost, um, you know, racism and those sort of words shouldn't be done on a, done anywhere in the world, let alone on a football pitch. It doesn't make them exclusive or anything. Um, I, in my opinion, it should have been done quicker. I don't know why it took so long. Um, I mean, if they're just gathering evidence of what they come out of, surely it doesn't take twenty-two weeks with technology we have now, but. Is what it is, um, but for me, I'm di- look. I don't want to see players banned for a long time, and you know, just willy nilly. But I mean, if you look at the fines they've given out, so what? Sturridge got 150 grand for betting. Bentner had 80 grand for getting a, a pants these pants out. Uh, Besiktas got 30 grand because a cat went on the pitch. Did they? Yeah, <laughs> in the Champions that. League game. Uh, what was it? And that was less than the Russian racism. So it's like for me, and if you look at. So like things like the Man City thing at the moment, as soon as they said, right, two years banned, everyone stood up and went, well, wow, that's a statement. So if they can do something like that about financial fair play, why don't they do something like that about racism? It actually matters. It's actually people's feelings and not money. That's my opinion, but I'm glad it's done now and um, Jonathan can move on and Maka can move on and you know, and the, the Leeds player, hopefully he's learned his lesson because he's obviously living in, living in a cave and he didn't know what the word was. Yeah, but, I mean, the, um, the, yeah, that was, I mean, some of the confusion, wasn't mm. it? Well, confusion. His, his so-called defence uh, was, uh, well, there, there was a lot of uh, issues within there where clearly things didn't quite add up and that's what the FA came to find. Um, you know, I mean, people who haven't, haven't read that entire it's, it's a 60 odd page document I, I do encourage you to do so if you really want to know about the case because there'll be some people just seeing the fact that it's done on the balance of probability um and need to and just hear that and go oh they've guessed but you need to read the, you know there's inconsistencies within the the, the leeds players defense where he claims never to have heard the word that he's um accused of saying until a month after despite the fact it was clear he was told on the day that he's been accused of something and it, therefore you can understand that they must have asked uh, it was talked about on, on the team bus by it would seem because uh, a Leeds player was texting Jonathan Lecco at the time and he said what 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 what, he, what the uh, Leeds player was accused of saying I mean they clearly that there is in my opinion no defense for for what, what the goalkeeper tried to wriggle out of um, I mean, so Jonathan Lecko said uh, came out in a, in a statement and, and said he'd sort of think twice now about reporting again because of how difficult the the process was. What, what did you make of that, Lewis? I mean, that, that clearly it doesn't reflect too well on on the authorities. No, it's horrific. I mean, he's a young player, and to have to sort of like you say, it did go on for a long time, uh, the, the twenty two weeks, and you think within that twenty two weeks, that's going to be on his mind because he's reported it. And he's not seeing anything happen. He's seeing Kika Kasia play week in, week out. You know, he's seeing Leeds do well in the in the division. And the fact that there was even any slight abuse towards uh, Jonathan Lecco and, and Maka on social media for reporting something as serious as this is is disgraceful. Um, I think that the the PFA and and whoever kick it out everything have to look at this as the benchmark of to not let this happen. They've got it, as Nave said, they have to take this more seriously. They have to implement bans that make people stand up and think, right, finally they're doing something about it. Because Casilla, to find him financially, 
what does that do to him, really? He's a professional footballer. He probably earns a decent wedge at Leeds, ex-Real Madrid. He's not short of a few quid. A, a fine isn't really... It's like, you know what, it's like getting a parking ticket, isn't it? Uh, but then an eight-match an eight match ban, yeah, yeah, it's it's it looks like a long time for a bad tackle, not for racially abusing somebody. A, racially abusing somebody should be a year, at, at least. He shouldn't be able to play in this division for the rest of the season, at the very least. But in in my eyes, you until the authorities start treating it with the the severity that that it is, because it's so magnified now, mm. and it's and you're seeing it more and more within in you know in stands in the Premier in the Premier League. You're seeing it on, and you're hearing it of it on the pitch. We've had it with you know with the big name players like Luis Suarez, Patrice Evra uh, years ago. It's not getting treated with the with the severity that it needs to, and I think that maybe now, you know, Leco, hopefully he can look back at it, and if this did happen again, he can report it. But hopefully, this case will be a bit of a, a, a footprint in pushing this forward and making sure that there's more support out there for players that do get racially abused, and also that the punishments are in line with the crime because it's it's a criminal effect. You can't go and do that in the street, so. Why is it only an eight-match ban? I don't quite get it. I think it's, if it's a criminal, in my eyes, it's a criminal offence. The, mm. the punishment should be a lot harsher than just missing eight games. Yeah, as I say, if you, if you if you went up in your workplace, not that you would, of course, and use language like that, you'd, you'd be, be sacked, on the, yeah. sacked on the spot, which is just a bizarre. But anyway, obviously, we uh, we send all our best wishes to to Jonathan Lecco uh, with, with his knee injury, and I hope he he, he gets uh, gets fighting fit for next season it's irrelevant to what we're talking about but I liked him as a player as well obviously even if he was a terrible player you wouldn't have to you wouldn't want him to go through what, what he's gone through but I, I do miss him I do think we miss him as, as a player and a, a character so it's a shame to, to see him gone right Sebo tweets and if the threat of the coronavirus keeps going up and up and up my long run and other fans long runs of consecutive games could come to an abrupt halt uh, let's hope it does not have to come to that horrible scenario, uh, but I guess that the safety is of a paramount importance. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. Keep washing your hands, everyone. Uh, Muzzer Jazz uh, on the forum says a must-win game on Saturday for me. Uh, we need to nullify Gested at set pieces and stop Coulson and Wing uh, counter-attacking down the wings. They got that. I quite like that Jed Spence they have as well. I think he made his mm. debut against us. He looks quite lively. I noticed he came off the bench the other day. Um, I hope that Bose picks Purrington and pushes Doughty further up the pitch to play alongside Williams. Uh, and Green with Taylor up front. Uh, be good to have Prattley back in the side, covering the back four with Cullen. Maybe a four-two-three-one. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that working. It's not a bad idea. Uh, but then Muzzer says, whatever formation uh, we play, I hope we start at a high tempo and put Borough under pressure. If we win, we should dedicate the win to Jonathan Lecco, showing that even though the football for- authorities have seriously let him down, the Charlton fans still back him. Yeah, it's a good message there. Uh, cheers for that, Muzzer. Thanks for getting involved on this evening's Charlton Live. So let's hear from Lee Bayer one more time then. Uh, before Saturday's game. Uh, first of all, it'll tell us uh, who's available uh, to come back into the side for the clash with Middlesbrough. Practice back training, so hopefully he can get through today and tomorrow and then he can be back in the squad. Um, Navi is just going to miss out. He'll start training next week. It's just a bit too soon for him. Um, obviously, Tom, Tom's suspended still, so apart from that, everything's the same. Obviously, um, with the run difficult, the fans can get <coughs> a little nervous uh, yeah. and, uh, and anxious, despite knowing at the beginning of the season that this, this was going to be a struggle, uh, even with the years I take. I mean, uh, last season, the fans, the management, the players, all the squad, all came together to get us to Wembley and then 
technically got yes. us in the championship in the first place. I'm guessing you're going to want the, everybody to come together again, especially the fans to come back, make the Valley Rock again, and, and the away crowd to, to see us over the line again. Yeah, but I don't think that we're separated, have we? I don't think we were separated. Um, I think that the crowd have been excellent, home and away, all season. And I think, apart from a couple of occasions, that the players haven't let them down. They've given everything. And sometimes they're going to fall short because they're humans, you know. But I believe that us as a group and how far we've come, I say us as a group as in the club, how far we've come, we, we can't forget that just because things ain't going quite as well as we all would want to. But let's not forget that we last season we was a club that wasn't tipped to be in the top six. We was a club that was never tipped to get promotion. We was a club that never would have been said, okay, you've got 10 games to go and you're not in the bottom three. We're, we're way, way above. And, and we're batting, uh, batting above what anyone else would have expected. It's never going to be easy. You're playing against top, top sides, week in, week out in this division. So I think we're still in a good place. People might question that, but I do, because we're still above where, where everyone expected us to be. There we go. Lee sort of sort of bringing up a similar point to what Will Bolland did when he, when he tweeted in a few a few minutes ago. You know, obviously we, if you look at where we were expected to finish amongst the bookies in particular at the start of the season, we are above where we need to be. Um, there's, I mean, he's talking about sticking together as a fan base, and on the whole, we have with with the supporters, but there has been some frustration uh, over the la- the last couple of weeks, Nathan. And it is important, you know, that we. Try and put the, the defeats of Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield behind us, and and, and make the val- you know get the value balancing as as, as Bayer loves it to be because, you know, as a collective we we can be a lot stronger than than if we're at the players' backs and putting them under even more pressure than they already are. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, no one likes losing. No one loves losing, obviously. Um, and yeah, we're in a bit of a bad run, and some people are going to get a bit tetchy because we are. But come on, we all sort of, you know, we we had the. Uh, a few of us had, including myself, at some points, having those rose-tinted gla- uh, glasses on at the beginning. Um, but like you say, we are where we are, um, and yeah, we just need, need to stick together. And I think that home, that that atmosphere. That, look at the Donny game. I mean, there's throughout the years. I mean, when that marquee scored, uh, we would have crumbled. But that crowd got us. Got, well, he got the billet goal early doors, then Prattley popped up. I just think it plays a massive difference. I think the players, especially after the last couple of weeks, last couple of games have been bad. The last minute goal at Sheffield, you know, Saturday's game, you know, the players will need it. And like Bo said, we've, you know, everyone's been played their part this year. And just because when, uh, when something hits the fan, you know, don't just jump ship. Come on, like we've done it all, <laughs> done it all last year. We got behind. Don't give up now, like. You got to ride. The, you got to take the eyes and the lows. Ride the ride the wave. Let's get cracking. Let's sing a song together. <laughs> <laughs> Getting get the most out of that guitar, aren't you? Take it home, mate. You're driving. <laughs> I mean, looking at Saturday, we've talked about sort of players who who be in there to start. We haven't really talked about some of the options off the bench recently. I mean, uh, I got got some responses when I announced that Tom Hemed was coming on at Middlesbrough when we were already two or three nil down on. Saturday, we're talking about other options. I mean, Chucks is a player we haven't seen for a while. 
Um, he, he's not been getting inside because players are ahead of him. But surely, I mean, we have to get into that stage now where it's almost gone full cycle and he's got to become an option again soon. Yeah, and I'd like to see him come in as well because I thought he showed signs of promise in a couple of games at the start of the season. He did struggle in a, in, a, in another couple and, and also sort of broke down a lot. He'd sort of play maybe maybe sort of 30 minutes at the end of a game and then you wouldn't see him for a couple of weeks because he he didn't he was injured or, or whatever. So it would be nice to... I, I think he deserves at least a spot on the bench um, because we're not sort of having any impact off the bench at the moment. So you've got to give people like Chucks and EK a chance because as soon as... You know, it could take him getting a goal on Saturday and us winning the game and then all of a sudden he gets a load of confidence and he could he could play a key part there were mm. so many parts of his game that I really I really liked especially up at, at Reading away sticks out for me I thought he played really well and, and against Stoke here at the start of the season as well he's, he's obviously got something about him he's just been sort of hampered by injury and, and he's never really been 100% um, so yeah, I'd, I'd I think he deserves a chance if he's fit. Then there's no, I don't see any reason why he doesn't deserve to be on the bench at the very least. Yeah, I think that's one you probably agree with, no? Oh, hundred percent. Um, I think difference is Chucks isn't a forward for me. Uh, back to goal, it's not. I'm not really a fan of his. To be even as a unit, he's better forward facing with ball at his feet. I think he listen. He might not be fit, but 10, 15 minutes and you're bringing on, you know, let's say you have at that point in the game, you've got Lyle up there, Macca comes on maybe, and then you bring Chucks just behind for Johnny. I'm not being funny. You ain't going to want to be a defensive unit with M3 at you, are you? I just think he offers something. He's a bit more agile than Tomer. Tomer's one of those ones, right, you want to try and chase a game with a long ball, like Sheffield Wednesday did to us. That's like the new who. That's what you want Tomer for. Uh, get Chucks in the game. He's you know he's a good player. He might not be fit, but mm. I think he's worth a 10-15 minute. Yeah. Well, that, that at least one at least. choice that Bo will have to make if we do play with a two up top. Taylor alongside. Will it be Macaulay Bond or will it be Andre Green? So he started with both of them in, in the last couple of games at, at different times. Who, who would you lean towards, Lou? Um, I think looking back at, at when we were talking about tactics earlier on in the in the show, they've mentioned the the four three three. I think that's probably think there's a place how, for both. I'd probably not. No, I think I think I'd probably go with Green, Green and Williams either side of Taylor. Bring bring Bon on when when we start to tie. Maybe change shape if we need to. Then, but I don't think we've got. I just don't think we've got the players to then revert to a different option off the bench if it's not working at the moment. I think that if we if we start one way and concede an early goal, the confidence is shot to pieces. Mm. I think I think we've got to go. Sort of go as a guy said there in one of the tweets. We've got to go all out, really. I think we've got our attack Middlesbrough. They're, they're missing, I think, like four four of their first choice defenders are out. They're missing Ayala. They're missing Dale Fry. They're missing George Friend. Um, that Jed Spencer just come back from injury himself. So they're missing some some key defenders. So you've got to think that they're going to be weakened as well. You're playing Johnny House at right back. We've got to try and try and sort of expose that, and especially at home. I think I think we've got to go for it. So yeah. I'd, go, I'd go for the three. And I guess we, we probably have become too reliant upon him at times, but Johnny Williams did make a huge difference for me when he came on at half-time at Huddersfield, Nath. Mm. He, I mean, he, he drove us forward. Obviously, it didn't end up in a goal, and then we fell apart in the closing stages, but it did show how important he can be for this side. It gives it gives everyone a massive lift the second he gets on the pitch. Yeah, he wins free kicks as well. No, it's not his main, main ambition in life is to win a free kick <laughs> on a full pitch, but I think if you can get... If you, if you can get... Uh, if you play Green on the right for me and Williams on the left, if you can isolate House, and I think you're going to have quite a lot of joy down there. Um, or you could switch it up, and then if if worse comes to worse, you could go into, you know, if if they play quite narrow, 
you can either stretch a play or then you could revert to a, a diamond and put Johnny in the number 10 and put Green up top. So I think you're a bit more flexible there. Um, McGeady hasn't really done enough to think to start on Saturday. Uh, um, um, but yeah, he's, it'd be tough. He might go for, he might put Green on the bench. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I think Johnny, he offers that. So he, he, the transition of the ball from when we when we get it, he's really the only player apart from Green's quite a direct player, but someone who can glide with the ball. Ozzy ain't that player. Ozzy's someone who's quite cute. So I think that's why he offers us so much because he can just, he can turn defence to attack in quite a short period of time. Right, let's have a look in, uh, to some predictions then ahead of the game. Uh, Lewis, how do you see it going against Borough Saturday? I'm going to go 2-0 Charlton. Nice. Knife? 3-1. <laughs> Excellent. And and if we win, are you going to play guitar on the pitch at full time? No. Oh, shame. <laughs> anyway, right, we've run out of time, thank God, on this evening's uh, Charlton Live, the big match. Preview thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in and listened to the very end. Uh, we'll be back here on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Middlesbrough. Uh, big, big game at the Valley. Make sure you get down here uh, to support the boys. Right, thanks to Lewis and to Nathan for coming in this evening. Cheers, no boys. Mate. Cheers. See you uh, surviving the uh, chaos at New Cross on the train on the way down yeah. as well. But you all got here. I've been Louis mm. Mendez. Uh, thanks to you all for listening then. Uh, we'll be back here on Sunday. Let's hope that Charlton can pick up a massive three points on Saturday against Middlesbrough. We'll see you later. Charlton.